Hi folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. Before you skip forward and get to the podcast, I have a favour to ask you. While you're listening, maybe click on the Patreon link and see if there's a level there that you're happy to keep these podcasts going. The Tortoise Shack relies entirely on listeners. We have no ads, we have no sponsors, and we actually don't want them, to be honest with you. We don't want ads by the government of Ireland when we want to be criticising the government of Ireland. That becomes self-censorship and you start to pull punches because you are relying on that income. And we don't want that. There are thousands of you listening and a handful of you contributing and we appreciate every cent we get but we need more to keep these conversations going. A ton of work goes into keeping the tortoise shack going and while we love doing it, it's just not viable at the moment. So if you can, while you're listening, click the link and throw us the price of a cup of coffee and try it for a month and that's all I'm asking you to do. Thanks for listening. I won't delay any further. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Reboot Republic, a podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn. I'm delighted to be joined in the podcast today um, by Blessing Dada, who is a mental health activist and looks at mental health um, from an intersectional lens and was also named by the Irish Times as one of the, I suppose, big, influential Irish uh, up-and-coming stars, Black and Irish. And I'm really delighted to have this um, podcast today and blessing on the podcast because, as listeners are probably well aware, there is what hopefully will be a very large and um, positive event this Saturday in Parnell Square, one o'clock, um, a march of solidarity, a gathering of solidarity, a celebration of solidarity of Ireland for all. Um, and so if you can, please make it into that. Uh, blessing, it's so good to have you on Reboot Republic. Thanks for coming along. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm just delighted to be here. Great. No, no, and I'm really looking forward to this chat. Listen, um, if you want to start just maybe you know, telling us a bit about you and uh yeah, what interests you and I suppose what brought you to activism and engagement around um the issues that you you know you are really I suppose motivated and care about. Yeah. Um, so my name is Blessendada. I am first generation black Irish to immigrant parents, and I am born and raised in Dublin um with a family of four siblings altogether. Um and I suppose I got into activism at a very early age. Um last week I just celebrated years of being in that. Um so I started at the age of 13. Um wow. and then comes to joining. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it came to join uh, social media, um it'll be five years in March next month. Um, but yeah, I suppose what kind of inspired me in that area was kind of my adverse childhood experiences. Um, so I grew up um, in a home of domestic violence and child abuse. Um, and that kind of lasted until about three years ago. Um, I'm currently living um, out of the family home at the moment. Um, but yeah, just kind of growing up in that space, um, and you know, it's 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 unfortunately, you know, no one should have to go through that. And um, I really didn't know 
anything that was kind of wrong with that situation until I was about maybe 10 years old and onwards. It was just always kind of like my norm. Mm. Um, so it was just very normal for like Gardi and Tusla and um, courts um, attendance and in and out of that type of stuff um, to be in my life. Um, and yeah, being the eldest child, um, I just had that driving me to kind of speak up about these things. Um, but I suppose it was kind of really hard because when you have immigrant parents, you know, it, it would be, you know, people were still kind of new to, um, you know, the growing um society of diversity yeah um so i was yeah <laughs> so i was just kind of always told that like what happens in the home stays in the home and then um again when it comes to like representation like i didn't really kind of see anyone speak about these things that were going home and there's kind of like a lot of shame and people were just like trying to get on with their lives with growing up in ireland so it was kind of just always a struggle um and then by the time I was 12, um, I really didn't know what like mental health was or like what the term was. And then I found out that 12 years old, then I kind of realized that, like I've been struggling with my mental health um, kind of like since I was like four or five and mm. then, you know, understood what mental health was by the age of 12 and 13. Um, and there's just kind of like a lot of pain Um kind of like loneliness in that in that situation um and then again I just unfortunately became one of the children that kind of fell through the loopholes so there's absolutely no help in that sense and obviously there's kind of like that psychological impact of when you're just so used to that situation you don't really kind of you're just kind of used to it you know um But yeah, so I got into, um, I just kind of started speaking up more. um, And obviously that came with a lot of repercussions. I, (laughs) all of us kind of experienced that that kind of the the abuse in in the family. And I kind of experienced it more to a certain extent than my siblings, because I was the one engaging with Gardy and Tusla and the school and obviously that comes with its own issues so I just kind of had to push through it um and yeah that's that was kind of the foundation of how I got into activism and I just didn't want any young person to go through that and also kind of the lack of representation in mental health abuse would obviously impact your mental health and you know, when I was in school, people would talk about mental health awareness and, you know, I, I didn't see anyone that looked like me talking about mental health or mental illnesses. So I kind of internalized that as kind of like, you know, um, maybe it's just thing that only white people go through or it's a Western society issue because that was what we were taught growing up, that like when you're black, you have to be strong and you have to... um a lot of us who were in, um, in children to immigrant parents, we were just kind of taught that, you know, our parents came over here to give us a better life. And you almost kind of had to work twice as hard to yeah. kind of be on the same level as other people. Um, so, yeah, there was kind of like a lot of experiences in parentification and adultification. But um, 
Yeah, here I am. Here you are. And, you know, it's so important that, you know, you are telling your story and, and this is, you know, experience, you know, being experienced by others as well. And and when you said there about, you know, you didn't see people that looked like you in terms of mental health, maybe you could talk a little bit more about that. And, you know, I suppose the importance of then you speaking out about it as someone who's black and Irish and talking about mental health in terms of that. Yeah, I suppose why I was very passionate about um, advocation in, in mental health awareness is you know, we all have mental health, we all have physical health, um, and mental illnesses doesn't discriminate, but sometimes the help does, or sometimes mm. the lack of awareness does. Um, so we kind of talked about like intersectionality when you were introducing me. So I'll kind of like explain that a little bit if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I've always kind of learned knew what intersectionality was from like a very young age. And I know people are only kind of coming to understand what that term is. But for people who don't really know what that is, um it's the term is rooted in black feminism activism and it was coined by a um activist called Kimberly Crenshaw. Um, over 30 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, And she coined the term to kind of explain kind of like the oppression of African-American women um, in an an essay she wrote about race and sex. So intersectionality is for everyone. Um, It is kind of like the acknowledgement that everyone kind of has their own unique experiences of discrimination, oppression, privilege, and et cetera. And that we have to like consider everything and anything that can marginalize people. So like gender, race, class, physical abilities, etc. Um, and I always say to people that like human lives can be, you know, explained by just taking into account of like single categories. Mm. Um, and that like are all multi-dimensional and complex and just shaping factors and social dynamics that are operating together. Um, so yeah, it's I it's always important that like with any type of social justice issue, whether it's like health, climate justice, that like if intersectionality isn't kind of like the key factor in any of it, then there's kind of no point in really talking about it because intersectionality is for everyone, everyone is impacted in different ways you know um yeah so for me it was um it was the lack of not people seeing not seeing people talk about mental health that looks like me and also um you know my mental health was impacted more by experiencing racism um I'm also chronically ill so experiencing ableism as well um, and I always say to people that like mental health is political. And if you are engaging with mental health advocacy from an apolitical perspective, then, you know, you probably are one of the lucky ones that aren't affected by living in such a capitalist society where everyone is affected by kind of like the outcomes of capitalism, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was 
Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's it's fascinating, you know, and you're you're describing it so so well. You know what is intersectionalism and the need in you know activism and engagement in social issues and as you say, social justice broadly to understand the necessity to take an intersectional approach and to see the different you know lenses and what people are experiencing and that that is brought mm-hmm. into it and when you talk about you know the you know capitalism and the nature of our society and the the different forms of i suppose inequalities and how they are um you know as you say it's almost like multiple inequalities compound people's exclusion um and when we look at you know as you talk about you know you being affected by racism uh ableism you know the in terms of how they compound each other um could you maybe talk a little bit about that that it's you know as you say you know that that need again to you know look at the the change the struggles the inequalities through that intersectional you know multi experiential kind of as you say you know class gender race um that those lenses the need of how all these different aspects can compound you know inequality yeah i i suppose um kind of like with the mainstream mental health awareness at the moment i wouldn't really be a big fan of it i kind of find it that very kind of surface level or it's kind of very sugar-coated and um, mm. especially with the stuff that i kind of talk about on social media people are kind of all about mental health awareness until i talk about you know issues you know for example going with direct vision or people who are houseless or people who are disabled and then people are kind of like oh we're all about mental health advocacy but like not in that way you know um and you can't really you know you can't really yoga or meditate yourself out of oppression and it's not to say that they aren't good things but Mm. it's just kind of like it's the message is kind of like a one shoe fit for all kind of scenario rather than like looking at people's individual lives and kind of finding ways to tailor how we can support them or how we can you know give a fair um give a fair uh view on like so many different issues that people are going through and you know growing up I've always kind of internalized and because I do go through the healthcare system at the moment for um, my mental illnesses I always kind of felt like Gosh, I like the the F grade student in being a mental health patient because I don't fit within the healthcare system at all. Like, how come everyone else is, you know, in much more better recovery than me? Or like, how come everyone else is getting a certain treatment that I am am in? And then I also have to remember that, like, you know, I talk about medical racism as well. And people are like, you know, like you always talk about racism and et cetera, et cetera. And I always remind people that <laughs> like, I'm not black Monday to Friday. I like, I'm not black part-time. I'm black from the day I'm born and I will die black, you know? And it just impacts like different things that I engage in or things that are out there that just doesn't, um, you know, like if you don't fit the status quo, then you're just seen as like an outcast or, 
just kind of too much work to be dealt with, you know. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's one of them like comp things where like I feel a lot of, I feel um, like if we are talking about, you know, if it's it's okay not to be okay, reach out for help, that like yeah. you have to look at ways where you actually put more actions behind your words and not kind of, um, you know, there's something that's kind of like a quirky hobby to be involved in, like mental illnesses is very um it's it's not great you know yeah. um it's very romanticized at the moment and you know it's we live in such an individualistic society where you know if if you are if you're just not a certain way then it's kind of like you are not counted in the message and i just want people to feel seen and heard in the activism space you know yeah I, I think again you know there's so much important things you've said there you know about people needing to feel seen and heard within the activism space within society um mm. and you talked there about the medical racism well maybe you explain a little bit about that what what's what have you experienced in that because i haven't heard that term before but it, i'm sure it's it exists a lot. Oh yeah, definitely. Like we, and again, this is why intersectionality is so important because, you know, as we all know with the healthcare system in Ireland and women's health, it's not great at all. Um, us women, we experience a lot of medical glass gaslighting. And then when you're a woman and you're black on top of it, it's like a, another layer of um, experiencing unfair treatment and so in my experiences of being chronically ill and sometimes um um i've i've experienced situations where um there are still people um to my disbelief that still believe that like black people have uh thicker skin so like sometimes our pain isn't treated as serious um or sometimes we're seen as like you know just trying to um access medication for like drug usage or something yeah. or especially black women are always told that like you're strong and you know so our pain isn't always taking um seriously as much and then also kind of like with the representation as well there's been times where um you know with my next of kin when they're helping me in, in my treatment and they're telling me that like they're telling them that if blessing has these symptoms, like bring her to like any, and it's just like the symptoms that they're describing, my lips can't turn blue. If I have like a rash, my rash is not going to be red. It's going to be brown, you know, like yeah, all these yeah. different things. And um, so, yeah, there would be kind of like a few examples. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of like the, this proportion um, kind of, the black community would kind of have, um, you know, kind of me like literacy, uh, like literacy issues and kind of like trying to understand the system and, um, you know, not, we would kind of have high rates of not having private healthcare insurance and that type of stuff. So there'd be kind of a few examples. 
Yeah, no, no, it, it's it's um, interesting to to hear around you know those inequalities and you know those experiences, those very real experiences, and some of it, you know, like is coming from a racism, an ignorance, a mm. a lack of care, um, and systemically, you know, Ireland is still. Our system, our support systems, are are we largely, you know, how, what's your experience? Are we still, are we a racist country? Are we, are systems racist? Are they not, are they ignorant? Um, I, it's, it's one of them conversations where like there's so many different angles to it. Um. I think, like, at the end of the day, we all know that, like, um, race is, like, a social construct and yeah. just, like, so many different things. Um, and I just believe that, you know, there's just so many... There's just so many t- things that we need to kind of deconstruct and decolonize, not only for, like, ethnic minorities, but it would be beneficial for everyone in general. Um, and yeah, I, I suppose if just kind of listen to ethnic minority voices more, the black community, the traveler community more, um, it's it's one of them things where it's kind of like no one is free to or all free. So there's so much work in recognizing that we all have different privileges um, that could be used to work towards making society more fair in not equality, but more in an equity kind of way. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like my my dream for like collective liberation and radical change for everyone. Um, so yeah, it's that's <laughs> it's it's when I talk about that, people are always kind of like, "Blessing, you are you're always dreaming like this." <laughs> All these things are very un- <laughs> unrealistic. I'm kind of like, well, if if you think about that it that way and you know there's probably other people that are thinking that way and i just believe in community power and doing things in a collective way and that no one should have to kind of you know suffer on their own yeah no i i agree you know um and yeah yeah i agree completely i i think that uh, you know it is society changes and humanity develops when we dream and when we think of something different and when we imagine something beyond where we are and when people don't accept or tolerate the situations that they're in you know that's what drives societies forward to progress and develop and not accepting injustices and inequalities and um it is so important that you know that idea that things don't have to be the way they are is mm-hmm. you know that we talk about that and we we actually say no it doesn't have to be like this and it shouldn't be like this and it can be completely different and we can have a society without racism without inequality um in terms of you know discrimination and you know or or what is the point what are we at you know what are we doing and um you know we need people like you you know and you know all of the the people who are activists and changing things to push and, and keep keep holding that dream alive um, and demanding it. Because what's the alternative? The alternative is 
which we're seeing now is the rise of a deep hatred being poisoned into people around racism mm. in Ireland and discrimination. Um, yeah. How worried are you, or what's your what's your view on the on the these protests now and the rise of this far right and what's your feeling on it? Um, I'm trying not to get emotional because um, it's just very like this is so embarrassing. Why am I crying? <laughs> no, not um, at all. Of course, it's like it's, <laughs> it's just very um, it's very frustrating. Um, because I think a lot of people, especially like in the last few months or the past year, they've kind of like opened their eyes and they're kind of like, oh my goodness, like this is horrible. This is like what's going on. And for me yeah. personally, it's like being born and raised in Dublin, Ireland, Republic of Ireland. I'm, I'm like, I've been seeing this from like the day I could walk everything everything large um, that happens right now, it all kind of starts from a very small place um, and when things have just been normalised over um, a few years, that's when the foundation is just solid and then like it just keeps building and building. Um, especially especially during COVID, um, you know, the fire rights were very strong in in their political agenda and it's been it's 2023 now it's been going on three years where i've actually been just experiencing so much racial abuse online and trolling and um just hateful messages and sometimes even in public as well um, and people are kind of surprised of like where this is coming from like all of a sudden and it's just like when you kind of look at things in in the background, um, you know, with the anti-vax and the anti-masks and the the rise of the housing crisis and et cetera, um, everything is kind of working exactly as as it's going, you know. Um it's it's almost kind of like um leftists and and far right are kind of you know, fighting against each other when it's like we all need to be fighting against the government and and holding the government um, accountable because they're, you know, I, I feel like they're just like loving this at the moment that like yeah, no yeah. one's kind of like really focusing on them. They're kind of like focusing on the activists who are kind of trying to protect migrants and the refugee community. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose... I think especially um I think especially on the left that we do need to like I'm I'm very happy that people are coming out in protest and in solidarity um and that we we need to continue to advocate more strongly um and to not let it die down like activism is kind of like a long life dedication i remember especially after like black lives matter people were into the activism and then after six months to a year the same people that wanted to stand in solidarity they just kind of like died off and people were just blocking or unfollowing me because i was talking about it too much and i'm kind of like 
well, this has been my experience for like 20 plus years and you got tired after six months to a year, you know? Um, and, And sometimes it can be really hard to see these things happening and not know what to do. But I think it's really important that like people listen to ethnic minorities and the marginalized communities and look after their mental health as well in it, but also to remember not to center themselves in situations that's not about them because that's something that I see happen very often. Um, But yeah, in terms of like the racism, um, it is scary. It's, it's, It's scary. A lot of people are actually questioning their place in society and um within 2022 i've had maybe five to six friends actually leave ireland they just don't feel like ireland is their home anymore and they've moved over to the uk or back to their country of origin um and yeah it's yeah i I just feel like community is just important because it's it's just it's such a lonely experience and sometimes when you've been talking about it for so long and you just feel like a parrot and sometimes you're just kind of like are people actually listening to what I'm saying or you know like what's the government going to do and yeah like I don't know there's no kind of like end answer to that but um yes I suppose like for people to continue to do that like anti-racism education um and really just have like uncomfortable conversations. Like it's grand to go to protests, but I really prefer the conversations of like people just actually going to like their neighbors or like, you know, talking to their families or, or, you know, talking to their place of work or education. And cause people are more likely to listen to other white people than listen to me, you know? And that's, that's one of like, the great benefits of white privilege, you know? Um, and yeah, so I, I can't wait for the protest on, on Saturday. Um, I'll be attending. Um, and yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, um, it's really just, I think my sense of, my sense of one is, is kind of sadness around it. And, you know, I'm struck by what you said there that, you know, I've been experiencing this since the day I was born. And, mm-hmm. you know, your experience and the importance of listening to your experience um, as someone who's black and Irish. And I think, you know, for me, who's someone who's engaged with this, who is, you know, both academically and, you know, as as a campaigner um it's still you know i'm learning and i'm learning from listening to you um and your experience and it shows how important that is you know for white people white irish to listen to you know the black irish experience to migrants experience refugees experience travelers experience we still don't listen to it enough and then what you say there about having a conversation about it it's not just like the protest the gathering is so important because i hope it will show to a lot of people because we know most people in ireland are actually welcoming and you know do not see the far right as representing them um Mm -hmm. though though what you say as well is there is a 
there has been a racism. We've been a racist country towards, you know, discrimination and, and racism, deep racism towards travelers since the foundation of the state. Um, there is racism, you know, as, as white people, we have that and, and it's it's there. And, and as you say, it needs to be deconstructed. And that's something I'm learning and, and considering and challenging myself. Um, because I think until we do that and say, have conversations, as you, you know, do you say those uncomfortable conversations? Because we're hearing it. We're hearing it all. Like I'm hearing it now, this, you know, oh, we have to get Ireland back to, you know, the, when it was whatever it was, you know, the culture of Ireland that's going to be lost in 10, 15 years. And you're hearing this and you're going, you know, that's not true. And, you know, do we want to, you know, are you defending some culture that was abused its own children in, in you know, churches and families? Yeah. And, you know, the, there's not some, you know, pure Irish history. So we're a mix of multi-generations and our multi-ethnicities um, you know, and groups. And it's, this is Ireland now. And this is a positive, inclusive development and, and i think that you're right about the conversations they're the ones we need to have and they're challenging for all of us um but i do feel hopeful yeah i do feel hopeful that in this we won't go down the road of other countries that have you know that racism is is got much worse but as you say it's it, it's bad it's here already oh yeah definitely um I, I feel like there's... Sorry, I don't have a question there. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just <laughs> chatting along with you and I'm just, yeah, struck by what you're saying and it's it's making me think and reflect as well and it's important, the conversation. Oh, yeah, it's really important and I know it's... I know it can be very uncomfortable and... You know, like I, I do remind people that I just put on every day when I'm going out because hide my tears, hide <laughs> my my skin tone, you know. And she when it comes to protests, um, it gives me hope to see such large numbers attend protests. Um few weeks um also wants to remind people as well that um that you know like these are real lives that like we're dealing with there's just been so many you know cases of suicides in in direct provisions um and in ethnic minority communities and that you know going to protests it's it's um not that I know anyone is going to be going there for other reasons, but I, I want people to kind of, you know, make sure that they're not just going there for, um, I don't know, some type of like social currency or um, photo opportunities or, or all these different things. Cause it's very, it can, it can be very easy to kind of go into activism and see this kind of like a hobby or, or, or something to kind of, feel safe as in you know that like you know I'm a good person but at the end of the day we live in we live in an imperfect world we live in capitalism we all 
you know, contributes to harm in so many different ways, whether it's intentional or unintentional. And it's just always important to kind of question ourselves in, in the things that we do and, you know, look towards it in a way that could be beneficial for everyone collectively. Um, so, yeah, I want people to, to do more than just attend protests. I want people to kind of reach out to people who are being effect- affected directly, especially on social media. There's been a very high case of abuse that's going on online and even in public. I remember I was on the bus two days ago. No, not two days ago, two weeks ago. And someone was just shouting at me to like go back to where I came from. And, you know, again, like no one was saying anything. And I was just kind of like, I was kind of like in this 2023, like this is still happening, you know? And yeah, so, so I just want people to kind of like go beyond just attending protests and talking about stuff online. I want people to take it offline and to join community initiatives like I know there's East Wall for All and Tower for All and they're really good so I want people to kind of engage more in that and engage in different projects that um, people in direct provision are holding themselves and hosting themselves and yeah just bringing that to light as much as possible. Yeah and and, and is you know to counter just to counter you know the 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 sense that you know th- that these you know far right and protests against refugee centres they do not represent you know Ireland and you know we are there are so many groups as you say people doing incredible work like East Wall for All uh, Northside for All Ballymun for All you know groups around the country have been working in solidarity as you say with direct provision you know anti racism for years and it is um you know it is really important that we emphasize that and and we talk you know about that as well that there is this positive welcoming caring side mm-hmm. and people who are doing so much that um you know that is that is the hope um i was really struck there what you said two weeks ago on a bus you were shouted at told to go home back to where you came from oh yeah like that was just an example there was another example where i was in um the g in at my gp and i just looked to the floor because for some reason, the radio was just blared on like full blast. And I think there was like this radio um, news station that was going on and they were talking about like the protests that were going on. And like people were just like looking at me <laughs> in the in the reception and I just kept staring to the floor and I was like, oh, my goodness, I cannot wait to get out. And my appointment was for 11 o'clock and it was getting to. 11.45 and I remember I went up to the reception and I was like I need to go to work like do you know when my when I'll be seen next and that's just and then the person be like you know wait your turn or you can go back to where you came from as well in that situation and I was just kind of like like I've always experienced this my whole life anyway but it's just becoming more frequent I feel like you know at the end of the day, when it comes to like the far rights, um, as as much as I dislike what they are doing, I can understand where they're coming from. Like especially with the way the government is handling things, like a lot of people are kind of reacting to so many injustices in in our society with 
with fear and with anger and taking it out on um, other people who are just trying to better their lives as well. Um, so I always approach my activism from a place of empathy and education. Um, yeah, I, I, I suppose kind of like to, um, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. to take you're... that into consideration as yeah. well, because no one, no one is born that way, you know? No, no. And, and yeah. you know, I, <laughs> I think, you know, I would differentiate between some of the, uh, the hardcore far right who are, you know, very clearly and know what they're doing and manipulating mm-hmm. the, you know, people in communities. They're in communities who have been absolutely abandoned by, you know, this state and, and you know, from austerity cuts yeah. to, you know, homelessness. It's communities like Ballymon and East Wall and, you know, deprived by areas who have um, experienced the highest rates of homelessness. And of course, that is where what the far right are manipulating. And, um, you know, it is so important that we see and show that we are, you know, and I have been, you know, highlighting and campaigning on the issues of homelessness and exclusion and that, you know, that this manipulation is not going to address those issues, you know, that that actually a constructive you know, protest towards government on housing and health and inequality and changing society is what will get those things addressed, not blaming refugees or migrants or, you know, that that racism, as you said earlier, the division, the government is laughing, you know, because it's the age old thing, divide and conquer. Oh, yes, definitely. I see the situation as not a black or white thing, but more of like a Venn diagram, because I think when people hear of like far rights, they think of like, straight up hardcore people and I'm kind of like you do know there's like teachers and doctors and nurses <laughs> who are attending these far-right protests as well like it could be your you know your next door neighbor who might not have like these hardcore ideologies but they could may as well be on kind of like the diverge of of them kind of ideas if they're not surrounded by people who are sharing um different perspectives or sharing the actual truth of what's going on um yeah. so yeah i always kind of <laughs> take that into consideration yeah. but um yeah no i i i hope things um i hope things improve it's been you know everything that has gone on in january it's I keep forgetting that it's the new year. I'm wrecked already. I'm kind of like, oh gosh, we have, we have another how many months? Ten months to get through this. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose like making sure not to alienate or isolate people um, in these conversations. Like people do need to engage with those who are who are kind of pers- participating in these conversations because there's no other way that they're gonna understand or or hear what you have to say if you're isolating them and you know it's it's not an us versus them situation it's kind of like us versus all things that capitalism has done so much damage to in society that's what we need to fight against um and yeah i that's the only way i could kind of (laughs) see it work absolutely no no you're absolutely right and it's been really, um, it's been a privilege to have you on, Blessing. I really 
appreciate you giving the time and um you know you said earlier that you're more of a writer and i know you're doing incredible writing than a talker but you're absolutely a talker too um and i really appreciate you giving the time and, and really um you know giving yourself as well and i appreciate this you know yeah i appreciate what you've done thank you no thank you so much for having me on and just you know, putting my voice out there because it's not often that people want to listen to me talk anyway, especially on social media. And it's just always trying to find different avenues to reach different people. So thank you so much for the opportunity. No problem at all. Anytime. And uh, hopefully we'll see you um, on Saturday. Well, hopefully we won't see each other. It'll be so big that... uh... we won't come across each other i'll be speaking at it actually (laughs) oh excellent well that's great that's great well i'll definitely see you then (laughs) (laughs) yes and listen people if people want to check um check you out you're on instagram um if they want to follow you and um yeah and listen looking forward to chatting to you again thank you so much for coming on reboot republic today Yes, thank you. I'll drop my Instagram handle. It's B-L-E-Z-Z-I-N-G-D-A-D-A. And that's on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. And yeah, I do writing and put all the work in the Linktree bio. (laughs) Brilliant. Great, great. Well, listen, people can check you out there. And uh, listen, thank you so much, um, as I said, for joining me today in Reboot Republic. And a reminder that... um, that gathering, uh, positive gathering, celebrating diversity in Ireland is one o'clock at Parnell Square on Saturday. Um, please, if you can, take the time to make it. We do need to show that there's a very different Ireland and an Ireland that we want that is inclusive. And we've so much work to do uh, in challenging and changing ourselves and society around us. Um, but that is that is the hope and that's the future. So listen, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you all very soon.